What if I told you that some of the most satanic music ever aired in the United States of America was aired by an ostensibly Catholic radio station, a radio station associated with a so-called Catholic university? What if I told you that that university happens to be in the most notorious diocese in the United States, the diocese where Cardinal McCarrick came from, the diocese where currently the very controversial Cardinal Tobin is? That's exactly what's going on and what's been going on for many, many years. The most satanic music you've ever heard of coming directly out of a supposedly Catholic station. You're going to want to stay tuned for this. Before we begin, I just need to let you know that the Canadian National March for Life is coming up. Please check this out. Join pro-life speakers Tony McFadden, Joseph Backholm, Jay Watts, and Will Witt for I Am With You, the National March for Life Youth Conference, hosted by Campaign Life Coalition Youth and Niagara Region Right to Life, May 14th from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. at marchforlife.ca. And thanks to our donors, the cost is free. So register at the link below and we'll see you on May 14th. Richard Smaglick, thank you for joining us on this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. Thank you, John Henry. It's uh, an honor to be on your show. Praise God. Let's begin, as we always do, at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. As I said at the outset, we are dealing with some very alarming, horrific information, something that is tied back to Cardinal McCarrick, something that is tied today to Cardinal Tobin. Um, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself, Richard. Uh, what do you do and why do you do it? I'm an electrical engineer by trade and software developer. I've uh, worked on a lot of things, including uh, surgical robotics and uh, MRI equipment. But at this phase in my life, uh, I am focusing primarily on issues that are more important and uh, issues involving the state of the church and the reform of the church. Since 1988, I've been involved in addressing uh, uh, issues related to satanic violence and white nationalism uh, and the nexus between the two. Uh, there's a radio station in my city, Milwaukee, that has been uh, airing a lot of that type of material for a long time. Uh, and in those investigations uh, recently, uh, it became in 2016, it became very apparent that the radio station at Seton Hall University, a Catholic diocesan university, was probably the leading voice for these musical genres in America. To the best of my knowledge, Seton Hall is the only radio station in, in America that airs uh, metal and closely related genres full time. And uh, the material is so satanic and so extreme and the problem has persisted so long that I very strongly felt that it needed to be addressed uh, in order to, most importantly, for the sake of the salvation of souls, but also to help bring to light the extent to which the integrity of the church has been compromised, the extent to which its mission has been compromised through the Land O'Lakes Statement and through uh, the church's willingness to uh, weave 
very dysfunctional norms of secular culture into its own fabric. What you said there is truly remarkable because you mentioned that this Seton Hall University, which is a Catholic university, in the uh, diocese that was run by Cardinal McCarrick, the very controversial Cardinal McCarrick, now run by Cardinal Tobin, is the only station in America that you know of that's running the most satanic uh, music uh, in in the world, basically. Um, let's uh, that's that's hard to unpack, but but give me a brief comment on that, and I'm going to ask you to uh, right after you finish that brief comment to give us some examples of this because it seems rather unbelievable. One of the things I want to start out with here is that a lot of people believe. Uh, that this couldn't be true. Uh, there are a lot of people with sort of vested interests or close ties to the Archdiocese of Newark or to Seton Hall University who hear this and roll their eyes and say, this is too sick to be real. And for that reason, we've uh, put together a website um, with lots and lots of recorded examples, uh, recorded right directly from WSOU broadcasts, including transcribed lyrics and um, album artwork. Um, so, it's there to see, and early in this process, people should decide whether or not they're willing to face that truth uh, or to dismiss this without having seen it and ignore the rest of this conversation. Uh, it is extreme, it's ugly, and uh, the Cardinal has uh, known about it for a long time. Let's actually do that. Let's, let's first of all, warning to parents um, and that uh, we're going to be airing some of the material, which is um, satanic, offensive. Uh, so, uh, you know, if uh, you're concerned about your little ones, please remove them from the room. But uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Richard, we're going to show some of this while you describe it. So if you wouldn't mind uh, going ahead and describing at least a few of what has been aired. And let's let's focus on what's been aired recently um, on, the, on the radio station, the Catholic, so-called Catholic uh, Seton Hall University, their radio station. Uh, let us know what's been happening there. WSOU has aired the album Black Masses. The songs on this album uh, represent satanic anti-masses involving the calling forth of Satan and the worship of evil acts, vileness, and extreme decadence. One song from the satanic album aired by WSOU describes a sadomastic, sadomasochistic ritual of satanic worship. Uh, WSOU has aired material from this open openly satanic band as recently as last week. They have uh, persisted in airing material by the band Periphery. They have not very recently, but have on many occasions in the past aired their song Blood Eagle, which is about the torture and genocidal slaughter of Christians. In March of 2021, they aired Main Bloat. That's a Danish word by the artist uh, Mercur. Main Bloat means moon blood. It's about the sexual sin of a dirty whore and the ritual sacrifice of a newborn. They've aired Aman Amarth for victory of death about the genocidal slaughter of Christians as recently as this month. They've aired Opeth, the Grand Conjuration, in which the singer invites the devil to enter into him, and Deliverance by the same band, which describes the devil pouring himself into the singer. That was aired uh, this month. Both of those were aired this month. Uh, a couple of more examples are songs by the band Misfits, including Last Caress with lyrics, I got something to say, I killed your baby today, and it doesn't matter much to me as long as it's dead. 
and their song Skulls about killing and decapitating little girls, hanging them to drain their blood, bathing in the blood, and mounting the heads on a wall. Both of those have been aired recently this month. Absolutely crazy. So now I, I know many people find that hard to believe, but you're saying that this has been happening. This has been happening consistently since the late eighties. Now you've also been fighting this for that long. What in the world has gone on that this can keep going despite your campaigning against it and making it public? I think uh, it's really rooted in the fact that this has been woven into not just the secular social fabric, but into the um, Catholic social fabric. So this is our new normal. Uh, If you uh, look back to the 80s, for example, um, a group of uh, Washington wives formed a group to uh, put warning labels on records. They were... uh, successful in getting uh, record companies to do so, but were heavily mocked for creating what was called a satanic panic. The talking point of the heavy metal press and heavy metal fans is that uh, if you're objecting to satanic music, you're just one of those people from the 80s, one of those prudes from the 80s that uh, is out of touch with normal forms of art. Uh, Shortly after that record warning label, the genre advanced in the, in the country of Norway, for example, and in much of uh, Northern Europe and Scandi- Scandinavia, to the point that they formed a cult that formed the genre of black metal that was formed by uh, a group of individuals, including Varg Vikernes, who uh, burned at least three churches, was convicted of burning three churches, probably burned more, continued to record music, uh, after burning those churches, even sort of back mass uh, statements about burning churches into uh, material he recorded with the band Dark, Dark Throne, which WSOU uh, has played since 2019, and started a fad of church burning. That church burning fad, according to the BBC, has resulted in, the, uh, in 50 church arsons. Uh, as recently as uh, 2018, excuse me, 2019, uh, Let me back up a little bit. A book was written about this. It was written by Michael Moynihan, Michael J. Moynihan, not to be confused with Michael C. Moynihan. Uh, He is uh, an individual who wrote a book called Siege, which is a compilation of the writings of James N. Mason, the leading neo-Nazi in America, and sort of the spiritual father of America's uh, domestic terrorist neo-Nazi movement. Siege is the Bible of that movement. Michael Moynihan also wrote a book called Lords of Chaos about the uh, history of black metal and the church arsons that have gone along with that musical genre. An artist by the name of Jonas Ackerland, a former black metal drummer who went to uh, California to be uh, basically a video director, uh, decided he'd do a movie on this this book about this this church arson fad. He called it Lords of Chaos. There was a lot of resistance to releasing it because everybody knew that it was going to spawn church arsons. It was introduced at the Sundance Film Festival in January of 2019 and received uh, reasonably positive reviews and then was released to the public on February 8th of 2019, despite a lot of objections to it. By the end of March, uh, several churches 
were burned by black metal, not fans, but by black metal musicians. Uh, three churches were burned in March and April in St. Landry Parish, Louisiana, by Holden Matthews, who was deeply into the occult, uh, Odinism, Wotanism, and the fusion of those Nordic neo-pagan violent religious ideologies with Satanism, and uh, wanted to build his cred as a black metal musician by burning down churches. At the same time, or shortly before that, another black metal musician, a guy by the name of Jacob Lowenstein, burned two Mormon churches in New Zealand, one of them in Christchurch, uh, those church arsons took place two and four days before the Christchurch uh, mosque attack uh, carried out by um, Brenton Tarrant, which killed uh, 51. So, I mean, this is incredible. So the, the track record of the harm of this music, not only it, is it disgusting and horrible, but it has an actual track record of creating havoc in society Yes, people are called prudes for being against it, but that's in the regular public sphere. But you've been arguing this in what should be a Catholic sphere. Seton Hall's a Catholic university. Uh, it's ostensibly the cardinal uh, in charge of the Newark Archdi Archdiocese is in charge of it. Therefore, of course, Theodore McCarrick before, but now Cardinal Tobin. Have you already brought this to their attention and what was their response? I started bringing it to the attention of uh, Cardinal Tobin in the Archdiocese of Newark in the summer of um, 2019. WSOU stopped posting their playlist shortly thereafter because it was a key source of evidence that they didn't and they wanted to cover their tracks. At that point, I started recording most of what they broadcast and uh, along with the data that went along with every broadcast so that I knew what song was broadcast at one time. And uh, wrote a letter to the Pope and to the U.S. Nuncio, Archbishop Christophe Pierre. It was a 44-page report that outlined this issue and the satanic broadcasting from WSOU in detail. Uh, that letter uh, was forwarded by the Nunciature to Cardinal Tobin, presumably in 2019, as soon as they received it. But uh, I received confirmation that uh, it was forwarded to Cardinal Tobin in uh, the summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, it's clear that Cardinal Tobin has known about the problem through many emails, originally from me, and then from large numbers of protesters, large numbers of people signing petitions, uh, demonstrators. There have been, I think, 15 demonstrations now at Seton Hall at the Newark Archdiocesan Center. And... Um, literally right under Cardinal Tobin's window at his residence, uh, making it clear that um, he needs to respond to this. Uh, his um, priest secretary has discussed this with us and uh, has conveyed that Cardinal Tobin is aware of it. He recognizes it's a problem and has stated more or less that um, Seton Hall operates independently. Uh, alluding to, but not directly stating that the Land O'Lake statement is involved and academic autonomy of Catholic universities is involved, which raises a whole uh, different question. But to get back to the key point, Cardinal Tobin has been thoroughly, thoroughly informed about this in every way imaginable. I wrote a, an email to the Nunciature this morning asking that they uh, let me know whether or not my letter to the Pope was forwarded to the Pope and asking for support from the Pope to shut down this radio station. And the reason that's necessary is that this, the student DJs and the managers of the station don't see this as a problem. 
They know that they can continue with impunity. They want to continue with impunity because there's a, uh, a viciously anti-Christian musical subculture that's taken deep root at the station. You can't root it out with management or oversight. These genres are widely acknowledged by the music industry to be aggressively hostile to Christianity. That's not a problem in the secular world in this day and age. That should be a problem for the church in this day and age. And for Seton Hall to believe that management and oversight can make the broadcasting of these genres of of anti-Christian material compatible with a Christian mission of a university is insane. Uh, They post information about ex-corde-ecclesiae from the heart of the uh, church, the um, document written by John Paltu in 1990, and still not implemented 31 years later, but they tout their sensitivity to those issues as they broadcast explicit Satanism into the largest media market in America uh, to an audience that they acknowledged included basically a prime target audience of 12 to 34-year-olds. When we brought that to the public's attention, they took that off their website, but they know they're leading countless souls astray. And in the name of academic autonomy and uh, independence from the church, they're continuing to do it. Now, of course, this is this is a farce uh, because it, it's a it's a bad excuse. First of all, has Cardinal Tobin even uh, gone on record and forcefully condemned this in the media? Has he has he gone on and said how this is satanic music? It is totally unacceptable at a at a college that calls itself Catholic, and it's to be stopped. I want it to be stopped. I asked for it to be stopped. Anything has he has he done that? Quite the opposite. This is the Archdiocese of Newark. And this is Seton Hall University. Throughout the history of homosexual corruption and the McCarrick scandal, they developed some of the most hardened, most high-budget crisis management processes and uh, support that a church institution could possibly have. Their their, uh, suppression machine is immensely powerful. Michael Hitchborn of the Lepanto Institute did a video on this and sent out... uh, uh, emails to virtually every bishop in America about this last year. Uh, within um, a day, um, Ganton, the university's crisis management firm, had uh, sent out emails to all of the bishops, presumably denying all of this. So they have described our complaints as disinformation. And um, that has sort of been the strategy throughout the whole McCarrick era. You deny and suppress and uh, ignore the problem. Mm -hmm. I I mean, if we look at what unfolded with McCarrick, we can ask the question, what was the church doing? Was it taking its time to, in a Christ-like manner and in a discreet manner, deal with a situation that needed to be dealt with? And perhaps it takes the church years to do that kind of thing. It's obvious in the case of McCarrick that that's not what was happening. It was being ignored. It was being suppressed, and it went on for decades. That's exactly what's happened with WSOU in exactly the same community, same archdiocese, same university, and there is no accountability. What there is is a suppression machine. Well, you've taken this complaint direct to... Uh, Cardinal Tobin himself. I understand you're going to do that again in the near future. Tell us about that. We have an event coming up on Monday, September 26th. Uh, our protests 
have been small in the past, but uh, the protests this year have been much bigger. We're gaining momentum and enthusiasm in part due to the coverage of the New York Post. Um, most of the independent Catholic media outlets have covered this uh, multiple times. And uh, our movement is growing. So we invite anybody who wants to participate in this to join us at Seton Hall at South Orange Avenue and Center Street at 1 p.m. on the 26th. After that demonstration and prayer rally, we'll be moving to the Archdiocesan, Archdiocesan Center in Newark at 171 Clifton Avenue. We'll be there at 2.30 p.m. And right near that location is Cardinal Tobin's residence. We'll be demonstrating directly under the Cardinal's window to make sure he is made very publicly aware of his negligence in the situation. It's an unbelievable thing uh, that that the Cardinal has been made aware of, is not doing anything about it. Well, he is doing something about it. He's doing enough to cover his butt mm-hmm. by talking about it. But he's not doing anything to effectively stop it. It continues without limits. I want people to have a flavor of where you're coming from on this. Um, so do you hate Cardinal Tobin? Are you, are you, you know, is this really a vendetta about Cardinal Tobin? Um, or what's, what's your take on Cardinal Tobin? I think our church is in, uh, well, you don't really have to say de facto schism anymore, given what's going on in Germany. Uh, we have open apostasy in the church to the point where parts of it are clearly in schism. Uh, much of the U.S. church has uh, violated the fundamental teachings of Christ to the point that our church in the U.S. is in de facto schism. We're at a point where many devout faithful Catholics are saying, there's nothing we can do to turn this around. We're not going to be able to fix it for three or four generations because this is so entrenched. I'm of a different view. Uh, We can't let that happen. We can't expect that we'll ever ever be able to bring it back or that, that it will ever really be resolved. I think we need to fight in this generation to make known the deep depravity that has infested our own church, bring it to light and use examples, extreme ones such as this, to make it untenable for prelates to allow this to continue. I mean, the Pachamama moment was absolutely critical in redefining uh, what it means to be a devout Catholic in the world today. Uh, and what it means to take a stand against uh, a church that is violating the first commandment to an extreme. This opportunity, it's not quite as easy a nut to crack. Uh, it's, it's more of a war than a battle. And it might take uh, months or years until WSOU is shut down. But this war on this issue is so pivotal to people realizing how far our church has deteriorated that it is the prime opportunity to wake up the Catholic world about apostasy, about schism, and about fidelity to Christ. So as far as Cardinal Tobin is concerned, uh, I don't know why he isn't uh, solving this problem. And I don't know exactly why they didn't solve the problem with McCarrick either, but I suspect the reasons are similar. And those are the reasons, those are the things we, we need to root out of our church. Absolutely. And so this, uh, this effort on the 26th, I encourage uh, as many of you out there to go as possible uh, to be able to witness to the truth in the church against real demonism, uh, trying to infest the church, trying to infest her children through a Catholic source, uh, or what should be a Catholic source, uh, and uh, 
beg the Cardinal for his own good too. I, I think one of the things that um, many don't understand is it's not so much a um, a uh, battle against Cardinal Tobin, it's a battle for Cardinal Tobin to help his own soul because he puts himself at peril when he allows the faithful to be led astray. Um, our Lord said, um, and that's why it's so interesting, you mentioned that even if this is 12-year-olds access this radio station frequently, um, that our Lord said it would be better, talking to the apostles, by the way, uh, it'd be better for you to have a millstone tied about your neck and you'd be thrown into the sea rather than mislead these little ones. And so for Cardinal Tobin, in allowing on his watch, not only on his watch, in an institution that's ostensibly Catholic, to allow for the misleading of the little ones into the most demonic pit is is truly astounding. Richard, give us some final thoughts, if you would, on the state of things in the Diocese of Newark and in the churches you've already done, but also what you see as... Uh, the hope to come. My deep concerns are about the general issue of what we've allowed to become normal when it comes to human sexuality, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to fidelity to Christ's teaching. Uh, We're seeing deep, deep problems across the board in that regard, because as one of the people in our group in, in Newark often puts it, she fears that leaders of our church may have lost their supernatural faith. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know that they're not responding to these deep forms of corruption in a way that reflects uh, a motivation tied to fidelity to Christ. Where's the hope? The hope is that we're seeing the laity stand up against this. When so often priests won't, when so often bishops won't, There's a new role for the laity, and it's becoming increasingly effective. Catholics aren't good activists. They're uh, the flock, and the bishops are the leaders. And they're taught to uh, be faithful Catholics by looking at their faith lives that way. So many of our bishops have let us down that it's time for the laity to make it impossible for them to violate Christ's teaching in such profound ways. And when you bring it to light, you can stop. So I think as we stand up together, we can bring about real change sooner rather than later. Amen. Richard Smaglick, thank you so much for being with us on this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. Um, Tell people where they can go to get more information. What's your website? Uh, How can they get in touch? Our website is shutdownwsou.com. There's an email address on that website and uh, lots of ways to connect with us. And remember that we're having an event on September 26th at Seton Hall. Information about that is also available on our website. Thank you so much, Richard. God bless you and God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is John Henry Weston, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News. I'm coming to you today because we want to be sure that we are communicating clearly with you, our loyal followers. Things are really heating up, as I'm sure you can see. Christians, conservative truth-tellers are being targeted, are being banned from social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at an alarmingly fast rate. They are attempting to suppress any narrative that does not fit that of the mainstream media. We knew this day would come. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. 
We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to lifesitenews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe, and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parler, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.